three, four. Testing, testing, testing. Check, check, check. <laughs> Wait. Hold on, hold on one second. <laughs> I just had an idea. Oh, what? Well, somebody texted me and said, look at this moon. And it was a picture of the moon. Yeah. And then it was in a group chat. Yeah. Somebody said, that's no moon. <laughs> so I'm going to take a picture of my ass and say, that's the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> a classic. You're just rolling through classic. all the classic, like. Hold on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Did you get it? I think so. Oh, yeah, I got all it. Right. <laughs> You're just going through all the classic light middle school jokes. <laughs> <He's nuts. laughs> Don't start with that shit again. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah. So you're, at, <laughs> you're texting right now. Yep. All right. Well, hurry up and finish that. I'm. I'm still rolling. Oh. Great. Well, yeah, well, all right. I mean, I'm good. What'd you think? I was gonna not not roll during that. <laughs> Maybe. I, mean, I can cut it out if you want. I would. You know. I mean, look. This is as good as we're ever gonna be. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. It's a good joke. <laughs> That's a great joke. It's a great joke. Uh, speaking of jokes uh i was thinking about uh, uh starting it off strong with an artist that i used to reference on the podcast a long time ago but i haven't talked about since our like relaunch got any idea who it is no no i've talked about seal on many episodes since the relaunch i think anytime you make me guess it's it's gonna be <laughs> you're always gonna go with seal i mean michael mcdonald's another good guest but i've talked about you're him. right michael mcdonald's a great guest nah it's a, a ball with a ball to bang a dang diggy diggy my name is kid kid rock <laughs> I think famously there was an episode of the podcast I didn't sing that song before but there was an episode called Kid one of the classic ILTLS episodes is entitled Kid Rock You Up and Down the Block I'm pretty sure it's probably like episode 75 or something I love that he's a meme now with yeah. that him shirtless just trotting down the beach like being puffing up yeah yeah it's so great he's such a clown oh my god he has so where we used to talk that song that he's like i'm gonna buy me a yacht that sells chilling the most That's no, what he, that was his, I, I don't remember that yeah and i'm a kid rocky up and down the coast that's the name of the, that's the lyric that's not from that song but i thought it was kid rocky up and down the block 
Oh, yeah. Maybe it's up and down the block. You're the one that taught me that line. No, nah, I think you were a Kid Rock fan before me. No, nah, I was, uh, you know, no. My friend, but. My friend Rai Rai said that he's too old to be calling himself Kid Rock. <laughs> he needs to be Mr. Rock now. <laughs> That's Mr. Rock to you. <laughs> There's probably some sort of a copyright infringement with The Rock that he can't say. Nah, kid, kid, Mr. Rock's my father. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there are people out there that are fans of Kid Rock. <laughs> There are people uh, out there I avoid that people. choose to put on Kid Rock Radio mm-hmm. on, yeah, Spotify. on Spotify. Just, Spotify. You know what? <laughs> Give me one second here. I'm going to find out. What? I'm going into Spotify. You look at what other artists are on the Kid Rock no, Radio. No, I'm going to see. He has 5,600,000 monthly listeners. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, one of those was me this week. So, yeah, yeah. Could you really just classics? I was just like, man, I miss the old days when I was really into Kid Rock. Yeah, you just you're out on the lake, on the shore of the lake, drinking a couple of Natty Lights, thinking to yourself, <laughs> man, I really wish some honeys were here right now. And well, one day I'm gonna get me a pontoon boat that says "Chilling the Most." <laughs> what is that noise? I'm sitting here trying to play this damn song. I didn't realize the intro was so exacerbatingly long. <laughs> Listen to this. It's like echoing. It's I don't hear it now. There you go. <laughs> that's like that's ridiculous. But I want to get. I want to. I want the payoff now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't. I want to hear him come in. My name is Ben. <laughs> I'm going to go to that when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> when we finish recording, I'm going back to that song. I'm going to be 5,000, 5,600,001. 5, yeah, you are. Uh, housekeeping this week. Speaking of, uh, speaking of kid rock fans. <laughs> that is so brutal. I think, our, I think we, I, I have a number one fan this week. There is only one number one fan this week. Okay. Is it Jake? Yes. Yes, of course, right? Yeah. Well, your friend, who's your friend that wrote in about watching the OC? Uh, wait. Oh, Dan. Dan. But we gave it to him last we week. Yeah, that's what, or week before last, we gave it to him. Yeah, no, yeah, we okay, gave it to okay. him last we, week. I was making sure we took care of Dan because I appreciate that, you know, he's, he's, all right. So yeah. I am pretty, so number one fan this week is our, our, our dear old friend Jake, who we used to work at summer camp with. Pretty sure he is a Kid Rock fan. He can confirm that. I'm pretty sure he used to be in Kid Rock's fucking entourage. Yeah. <laughs> I think he is unabashedly a Kid Rock fan. One of the few Kid Rock fans I would, you know, associate with. But Jake wrote us uh When you when you say like, oh, you're a Kid Rock fan, name five of his songs. Jake can do that immediately. <laughs> he can. He's kind of, and it's not none of them are ball with a ball. It's like <laughs> no, bunch of, bunch just of deep cuts B-sides, only. Man. B-sides. He knows all the new <laughs> tracks. Um <laughs> That's like my best thing. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> he's so mad right now, but he's also like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of accurate. I think that knowing Jake, he's the kind of guy that, that would revel in this attention. So, um, <laughs> it's been a long time so he since s- he's felt so seen. Yeah, true. He sent us an email. It's entitled Fucking Luke Edwards. 
And it's it's from Jake, and he says, "Well, first off, it's great to hear you guys hawing back and forth once again, as in he hawing." I listened to like the first two episodes of the reboot, if you will, but then I got lost in my dull and mundane life. It wasn't until I received a text from a name that I had not seen in a while pop up on my phone, reminding me that you guys had not stopped recording, but also asked me if I was watching the OC. Why the fuck would I do that? More on that later. So needless to say, so, so I was on the Xbox. You were. I signed into the Xbox okay. to play some video games with some friends of mine, and I saw what is his? What was his? his, his, his it's like Hee Haw Ninja. Yeah, Hee Haw Ninja. That's right. <laughs> I saw Hee Haw Ninja in my friends list, and it said HBO Max. And I was like, this Kid Rock fan is watching the OC. <laughs> no way. So I texted him. I said, well, you you watching it? You better be watching the, the OC. And, and he said, absolutely not. Kid Rock, you up and down, uh, Kid Rock, you up and down the block. Yeah. Well, we're getting to the reason why he doesn't don't watch it here in a second. Yep. Um, so needless to say, I was pleasantly surprised to see over 10 hours of nonsense, meaning the 10 hours since he had last listened to an episode. Um, so I binged this crap. I did. So, <laughs> I did so much that I'm pretty sure my job, marriage and kids all suffered. But whatever. In my opinion, they are all just missing out. True <laughs> this show is worth jeopardizing your relationship with your family. That's what we're trying to say. The, the, it, but the truth is, it doesn't matter if it's 10 hours or 10 minutes. If you listen to the show at all, it constitutes risk. You, you, will, you will cause tension in your family. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, here we go. Oh, I wish I had written. I wish I had written down all I wanted to address because it was great insight to anything you had talked about. And it was hilarious, but I didn't. So you're lost. I don't believe him. Yeah, I don't know. He should have right get the notebook out, Jake. If you're going to be funny, gems. write it down. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> why I can't watch the OC? It's all because of fucking Luke Edwards. I'm sure you two are aware of the 1989 modern day classic, The Wizard. Are you familiar with that movie? I rewatched it last summer while I was in Montreal. Are you serious? Yes. It was on, um, like... Canadian HBO On Demand had it. Or it was Canadian Netflix. That's what it was. We were signed into the Airbnb's Netflix. We watched it, and we wanted to watch it again when we came back home, and it wasn't there, so I Googled it. It was on Canada's, but not America's. Oh, wow. Uh, Had you seen it as a kid, too? I had seen it as a kid, yeah. I saw that. My dad, when I saw the preview for that movie, I was like, Dad, we're going to the movies to see that. My dad, (laughs) my mom doesn't really like going to the movies. My dad was like, all right, we're going to the movies. So when I saw that in the theater, classic movie. Great. Famously, it, it was, was the first time. It was time, the debut of Super Mario 3. Yeah, the first time you could see anything. And now it's back before, you know, the internet and stuff. So it was like, this was the only way you were going to see Super Mario 3. And as, you know, I don't know how old I was at the time, but it was uh, pretty exciting. It was so, really exciting. Anyway, that's the movie he's referring to. He said, this movie was fun for any young kid growing up because of the introduction of such things as the Power Glove and Super Mario 3. In the movie, Fred Savage, it's really notable that Fred Savage was in it because I was a big Fred Savage fan. Wonder Years was was in my radar. Uh, Had a younger brother named Jimmy, played by Luke Edwards, who was a video game genius, but had issues because of the mental trauma he experienced during the time he lost his mother. His only happy memory or connection he had of her was a family vacation to, yep, you guessed it, California. 
the only thing he says the entire damn film is California. It is so cringeworthy. Just in case you don't remember, he sent the link. I guess I'll put it in the show notes. And he says, so whenever the opening song of the OC comes on, <laughs> I am transported back to horrible acting and a whining child. But after I set that aside, I decided that maybe I should give the OC a chance. So if you don't watch the OC, then get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Fuck out. <laughs> Welcome to the OC, bitch. I thought about I thought about when you said hello to me on this episode, just saying, I wish I was a mermaid. <laughs> Wait, save that stuff for the for the that's the, for the good part of the show. Yeah, well, well yeah, but you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> I wish I was a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so yeah, it it, it it I don't know. It's an interesting movie. It's Christian Slater's in that movie. He's the older brother. Oh, that's right. Yo, this movie is fucking wacko because Christian Slater and his dad, like the Fre- young Fred Savage runs away and Christian like, Slater and his dad. Yeah. They just get in a truck and they start driving across the country. to try to, to find They just driving like no back before. There's no internet or tracking them with GPS or anything. It's there. There's a, driving. there's a scene where they're literally looking at an, a fold out roadmap. Yeah. And there's, you know, I mean, there's a guy on chasing him because the, because the, the parents of, of the Fred Savage is not the brother of the kid who is the wizard. Right. And, but they're traveling together to go to California. Oh, right. And because Christian Slater's the brother, right? Christian Slater's the brother and the kid that's the wizard, his parents hire a private detective. Yeah. To try and retrieve this boy. And or no, I can't remember. I now I can't remember who's the kid at who. Yeah, no, no, no. The parents hire a private detective to find the boy. So the private detective is like chasing them, trying to sabotage Christian Slater and the father, who is uh, recognizable. He's like one of the one of those guys. It's Bo Bridges is the father. The great Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, thank you. God, oh, wow. What a movie. I, I tell you, I'm grateful to Jig, not only for writing in with half of a joke, but also, you know, reminding us as well as the listening public of the classic Wizard movie. And I, I'll say that, I, like I said, I rewatched it last summer. It doesn't, and it does, hold up. Right. It is definitely a product of its time. Um, it has no business having what such a good cast it has. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those movies that was made when they were like, let's just let people make movies that, you know, tell stories. And rather than having to depend on it to be overwhelmingly successful. Yeah. Well, and it, so there's a, you're cashing there's in on that Nintendo hype too. That was the, the power glove is a big deal. There's actually a really good documentary about the power glove that I think is on Netflix. Um, it's just all about the power glove, how it was developed. It's like kind of fascinating. The background of that thing. Um, yeah. the first time that it was like, you know, public visible was in that movie and every kid wanted one. Um, but apparently it was wildly disappointing when you got one cause it didn't work very well, but well, you're right. And what they were doing in that movie with it was not, not ha- what I remember not the power glove doing. Yeah. They, they took a little artistic license. <laughs> um, <laughs> so speaking of number one haters, um, Mikey was back at it again, right? <laughs> Notably Mikey, you know, Mikey and Josh, they always share, <coughs> they're always, they always co runners up of, of something 
some contests we're running on here. Mikey sent me a picture of the Sublime album cover and said Squidbillies tattoo cover-up idea, because last week, famously, I talked about how I had a Squidbillies tattoo, and now it's problematic. So he sent me that, and I said, how dare you? And he said, unless it's on your back, then it's a no-brainer, and it's Bradley Knoll's back with Sublime on it, like giant. And, man, just trying to get number one hater but i know that the thing was is that was funny so it was like he can't be number one hater so really the only place we have is for him to be runner-up to jake as number one fan this week um but i hesitate to give him that title by himself so i think we'll just throw josh in there too this time maybe the last time we throw grizzles in um so they can share runner-up uh for number one fan how about that? You you cool with that? I'm okay. So long as they share, and they you know they're like a team. They are. They're so good at it. They're so good. They're t- oh, you can't have one. It's like it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> it's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. It's, just it's, two, like, two it's like tomato tastes. and mayo. Two great tastes that go go together. Um, a little side two, note. Well, two somewhat expired. <laughs> great taste. Two sour tastes that somehow work together. <laughs> um. I will say I think I think number one hater this week's got to be Bill, you know our beloved Bill because he didn't he didn't listen to the show last week. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Man, all the way from like featured important part of the show. I, Jackie's upset that he's not going to be on the. I informed her earlier that she, he was not going to be on the show. Um, his his notes weren't so. Number one hater Bill, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, what you get? So this is episode- he's gonna he's gonna punish us by like email it he's not even going to be able to text it he's going to email like a 7,000 word summary of the <laughs> last two episodes one of them might it's going to it's going to take us 808 minutes to read it yeah the whole, yeah it's going to be the whole episode long um so this is episode 142 of all unlike their old stuff the podcast where we ask the question what's the hype i'm jayho and with me is groove that was good timing bang Nailed it. Only took me nine episodes to get back into ten. You got it. Ten. You got it. Like I don't know how many we've done. Um, yeah. So what's what's up? I just ate a bunch of chicken wings. So I just ate a bunch of pizza. Ah. Oh, Mister was... eats a handful of uh, raw meat every day for a meal. Broke out and had a little cheat meal, huh? Had a little, yeah, I had a little yeah. cheat meal. Crush a little pizza. What we got a pretty good little pizza spot about five minutes down the road. The... And when I say five minutes, I'm saying when I walk out of my house, I'm I'm parked in at the front door in five minutes. Okay. <clears throat> dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. Is it, so it's like authentic. Like we talking authentic. What kind of like New York style pizza or something? They they call it a rustic style. Okay. Where it's like, I don't know. It's good. It's like, it's not thin. It's not thick. It's right down the middle. Everything's right down the middle. Is it like where they they kind of singe the bottom of it? That's what I like. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's not a, well, now I'm embarrassed. I I don't know if it's an electric, I think it's an electric oven. I don't think it's a wood fired oven. Oh, man. Don't tell anybody from New York you ate that pizza. I'm. I'm in. I'll tell. I'll tell whoever the fuck asked me. I'm. You know. I don't give a shit. What'd you get on it? What's what's your what was your topic? I well usually so McKinsey likes this type that has pasta on top. Oh God, this is sounding yeah. sounding worse all every second. She she this girl she gets a cheese pizza with big old ricotta cheese blobs on it and just fucking spaghetti is on it. Spaghetti or macaroni. It, well, at one, it used to be penne, 
And now it's just spaghetti noodles. I don't understand logistically how that works. Doesn't it like, doesn't it fall off the pizza when you pick up the slice? She folds it like a, she folds it up. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like a taco. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I mean, I guess like by that logic, you're like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and eat something that like, isn't really going to feed my, my body the right way. So I may as well just go hard in the paint and just add like double the, double the carbs, please. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I I understand that, but she'll, she'll nurse that pizza for like three days. Yeah, that's always we when we get a big pizza, it lasts us a couple of days. It's good to have for lunch. So. Well, I go with the meat lovers. Yeah, you like a meat lovers pizza? I don't usually like a meat lovers pizza. I just really like it from them because I think their sausage is good. I like was well, the thing that I've gotten into is uh, bacon and onion. Whoa! It's like I, it. It took me all my life to find that combination, but it's and I don't even love onions, but it is so tasty, like a bacon and onion pizza. You know. I'm going to try that. I'll be honest with you. I like that idea. I might go pepperoni and onion. Yeah, you could. Because I used to go pepperoni, onion, black olive. Yeah, that's a that's a good combination, too. Jackie really likes the black olive, so we get those. I need to send, what I need to do is just trust you and go bacon and onion and give bacon it a shot. Bacon and onion, and man, I will. It's a nice, this little little crispy bacon on there and some, some onion, this caramelized onion on it. It's like a real crispy. Crispy. Toasty. <laughs> Mortal Kombat reference. This is our video. Shout out, Mortal combat what's up <laughs> start all this video game talk with joe and groove well we um, used to do video games yeah we did didn't we yeah we used to be known we were we were big in the video game circles well yeah i guess we were probably yeah you know, i'll take yeah. your word for <laughs> barely what's your hype well i would say my hype is i just ate them foo wangs but you know i already mentioned that um but my hype is that i haven't dj'd in over five months and I was thinking today about how I haven't missed it for one fucking second. Obviously, we've been on lockdown. We haven't. I haven't had gigs because all the clubs that I play at are closed. You know, yeah. Um, which bummer for them. I, I feel bad for those th- th- them. Um, but I am just. I'm my mental health has improved so much since I have stopped DJing and playing music for people that don't appreciate it. And now I've started listening to music again, and I enjoy it. My hearing has come back. My feet don't hurt from carrying this heavy equipment anymore. Um, yeah, I was just like, man, this is great. Can I be honest with you right now? Yeah, sure. I'm really happy for you. Well, thank you. I think it's, I mean, you know, sometimes it's okay. Well, it was taken out of your hands, the decision about it. But like, I mean, if it's not obvious to you now, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's got to be pretty obvious that that is not a, a good way for you to spend your time. Yeah. And it's, it, I feel, I, the problem is I always feel guilty about it because it's like, man, there's a lot of people, especially particularly people younger than me, that would be like, oh man, it's so cool you get to DJ. I want to do that. I've, I've always wanted to. And the thing is, I used to feel that way about it. But once you have to do it as like, uh, you know, an occupation, and it wasn't the only thing I do, but. It it loses its luster at some point, you know. You get burnt out. Yeah. So it's like I would like to go back to maybe one day uh, enjoying it, doing it for friends again, because it used to be a fun hobby, you know. And then it became something I had to do to make money, 
And now I've focused so much on my design work, you know, that it's given me the chance to focus on my design work again in a way that I wasn't doing it before. So it's actually just kind of worked out, you know, that's great. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I won't ever DJ again, but I'm, I'm pretty happy where I am right now. So what's your, what's your, well, quite the opposite. Like, you know, I get to genuinely be happy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my hype is something that you're gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna really revel in, in, in laughing at me. Um, for a friend of mine is um, uh, sells records. That's oh, his. Yeah. He has a little business. Um, he's he sells them all online. Slinging wax is that what he says? He's like, Slinging wax, <laughs> barely. Um, <clears throat> but he uh, he started out because. He, like he used to work at a record store forever and then you know he worked other jobs and he was always he's a dj himself and he he does you know i mean he's really into the uh like he his his sets were all live vinyl mixing it himself yeah pretty cool to see he had a radio show stuff like that whatever anyway he had a chance to by a kind of a lifetime collection of a person that used to be an editor for a music magazine. Oh, wow. And so he took the plunge, you know, he got a couple loans from a couple people because he couldn't buy it all on his own. Like this is how big this, you know, collection was. And since then he has been able to procure like four more lifetime collections from different people that are all, there was another one from like a, an editor for a like a, a sound magazine, like a like a stereotype magazine, not a music magazine per se, but like all these collections that he's getting are just like perfectly maintained, right? Wow. And he's listing them on Discogs, and you know, I mean, yeah, that's what he's Discogs. doing for work. He yeah. rented a space in a mill building, and he has this like really well maintained, climate controlled you know, shotgun style space is probably 600, 700 square feet. And I'll go, it's not a storefront, right? But he's my friend. So I'll go hang out with him and check out what his most recent collection that he's gotten. Like, I'll just kind of thumb around here and there. And because we're friends, he's like, yeah, I haven't listed that record yet. You can buy it from me, whatever. Yeah. Well, he's got, uh, he's got an Instagram page. He doesn't really anybody like that that's deep into something like that. I mean, he doesn't really do Instagram that well, right? right? He'll make a post maybe once a week and it'll be a, you know, picture of a couple of different records that most of the stuff that he sells is like stuff I, I haven't even heard of. You know what I mean? It's like all this esoteric kind of like vinyl head kind of stuff. Yeah. Most of it's old, like soul and funk. And um, anyway, he posted a picture yesterday like, so I had gone and played disc golf doubles and I get in my car and I'm like clearing up all my alerts, you know, cleaning up all my text messages, my Instagram messages and stuff like that. And so I go back to the homepage of Instagram and it's his picture of like 15, 16 Grateful Dead records. Oh boy. called him i first thing i did was i commented in all caps i said i'm on my way 
bro i'll take them all man i'm taking them all bro there was as it was posting i called him i said don't list those he's like what do you mean i was like i'll fucking buy the lot wow and he was like sweet man (laughs) so he commented on the instagram page everything sold and the 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 local record store that he used to work at commented on the page like oh wait we want this one and this one and this one i was like shit motherfucker i bought a lot sorry about you (laughs) it's all the scarlet begonias for me i'll get every begonia I want all them begonias. Man, you, st- you stole it out from under the record stores. I said, I'm, you know, wicked. That's questions. just, that's just how I, I do it. You know, I'm. That's the kind of. That's the kind of hunter I am. I'm an American picker. <laughs> I, speaking of American, I'll, uh, I'll, I will admit to you that I own two pieces of Grateful Dead vinyl. Working man's dead. No. What? I have American Beauty. Yep. Which admittedly is like a tolerable album. Yeah, sure. And I have uh, uh, the, the the single, the 45 of Touch of Grey. Oh, okay. It's like the only Grateful Dead song I really, really like a lot. So I do. Well, but, um, <clears throat> come tomorrow, I'm going to be 16 records fatter. Of Grateful Dead, so I'll, I'll be sure next episode we'll just go through a detailed summary of each record, you know, for 16 weeks. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I can be happy for you, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll start Grateful Dead talk after the uh, I see, and I don't know. Yeah, look, I can't wait. You know, I'll get my bucket hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta wear that bucket hat. You, if you don't put a picture of like, you better send me a picture of you with the bucket hat on, just like cradling all sixteen of these albums, holding all those records. Holding them. I'll get, I'll get my buddy to take the picture inside the uh, yeah, inside the shop them out and hold them. Like, yeah, I, I want to see that. I'm a, I want to, I want to lay them out on a table like it's a bunch of cash and just like, like lean into it. I'm not gonna take that picture until I get a Terry Claw suit. <laughs> Yeah, still gotta get one. Oh shit! Oh, so yeah, I mean, I'm hype on that. What's your not the hype? My not well, number one, my not the hype part of it is uh, your announcement of Lyme disease last week was, man, I, I it it weighed on me. I I'm, I feel bad for you. Well, let me tell you something. It, it weighed on me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd be. I thought I was like getting better, and then this week has just been like bad. Not great. Well, it's not been awful. Like yeah, it's not been awful. I'm just. I'm just honestly. I'm just not as strong as I was, and I need to be patient. <clears throat> you know what I mean to like return I mean, to where of, I was. Yeah. Any kind of but sickness the, like that takes you know it wears you out. It makes you tired. You know. So. The problem is I got this competition next week. Yeah. Well, you gotta. <laughs> I gotta get strong now. Yeah. I need some of them Jesse Spano caffeine pills. Play, so, no, you don't want to do that, man. Just play play uh, some you know the Rocky Four soundtrack, and you'll be all right. You'll get there. Okay, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Touch of Grey. Jackie was Jackie said she teared up when you made your announcement last week about. Oh, oh my god! She's really worried for you and. Yeah, she was, she was legitimately upset by it. So. Well, my, you know, look, Jackie, I appreciate you. I appreciate the support. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> <laughs>
your moment, at your like moment of weakness when people are supporting you, and then you go and say something. Oh. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh my god! What is that? I don't know. Why? What makes? What part of me? What is inside of me? Embarrassing. All right. Oh god. Are you okay? back to the show all right my 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 other not the hype (laughs) 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 that stomach hurts look jackie i appreciate it i'm gonna tell her what you said Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to continue? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you sure. Okay. Okay. My other not. I'll, st- I'll stop experiencing this Euphoria. shame and, and joy yeah. can combine. <laughs> so, my my other not the hype was that I've I got is is reply guys on the internet. Um, I got kind of embroiled in a Facebook fight this week, and then I had another instance of somebody just being a shitty reply guy on my Facebook. Um, <laughs> the, the, the the whole fight thing is too long to, to go through, but I sent it to you. It was funny, right? Um, I think, I, I mean, guy. I don't think it's too long to go into, but maybe let me summarize it. <laughs> okay. Joey posted a meme on a friend's account, right? It was on a friend's account. Yes, I was, it was on my friend, my friend who's a tattoo artist on his on his page, and it basically makes fun of a certain type of tattoo, which is an owl chest piece. Yeah, and the joke is what the type of person you know who it whatever. was very it's specific. Like, so, it was like you're letting a dude with an owl chest piece who started three failed metalcore bands make you upset girl why are you even giving him the time or something like that right that's yeah i and i like those types of memes yeah and particularly rick the guy i sent it to he thinks that stuff is funny because he's he's tattooed up i'm tattooed up like we know people that are like fall for those kind of guys you know and then some guy (laughs) that was out here in these comments got real upset and did a bunch of internet research on you and try to make you feel bad about yourself when you don't know this guy from Timbuktu. And the very strong assumption is that that guy has a barn owl directly on his sternum. Yeah. And, and, and certainly had several failed metalcore bands as well. It's very, <laughs> definitely. It, it hit too close to home for it to be one thing. Um, he, yeah, he, he came at me and he said, he said, what do you do for a living? And as if starting a metalcore band is something to do for a living, I guess. I don't know. He's like, what do you do for a living? And I said, I make people mad for a living. That's what I do. And he came back and was like, he researched, oh, you're a DJ. I bet your your parents are proud of you. And I replied, sorry about your bands, bro. 
<laughs> and then he came back and said, I just don't know why you got to shit on people who are, you know, <clears throat> clients of people who are your friends or whatever. And I was like, look, man, I said, look, I said, look, man, <laughs> I didn't make the meme. I just posted it and I, and I didn't make you get a, get an owl tattoo on your chest. <laughs> so fuck off. And that's the last I heard of him. It turns out. Rick knows that guy, and he does have an owl chest piece. Oh, God. Rick was the one who tattooed it on him. Oh, God. Yeah. Did, uh, <clears throat> this guy's, he's, he's our newest listener, too. He probably, he's, he's still stalking my page. Oh, of he, course. He, he likes liking stuff on my page. Like, I wrote a post like, about oh, Turns out this guy Joey's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's, actually, he's super. He's still mad about it, apparently. Um, yeah. So I, I I swore off internet fighting a while back. I just said about a year ago I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna argue with people on the internet anymore. I'm just not gonna do it. Other than funny stuff, like I'll put up stuff that's like I hate Sublime, and then people are like I love Sublime, and I'll just shit on them. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actual vitriol, like, oh, God, I got, got to take the gloves off and, and get into this. Because it doesn't serve any good, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm good at it. I destroy people, but it doesn't give me any kind of validation, you know? And it's tiring, man. It's tiring, you know? You got to stay in, like, shape when you're, like, internet fighting all the time. You got to have, like, mental – you just got to be mentally sharp, you know? You yep. never know when they come – because once you start going at them, they come at you from – when you least expect it. Yep. Well, I had this other incident this week. So, I put up this meme. It was very, like, on brand for me of uh, Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. Are you familiar with The Watchmen? Deeply. Okay. You've read the comic? Yep. Okay. So I put up the meme of it was like Dr. Manhattan is when he's like off on Mars and he's like, I'm done with these That's humans. One of my one of my favorite formats is iterations of that. Yeah, it's a great meme, right? I'm mm-hmm. done with these humans and their petty problems or whatever. And I put it up and I said, This is since this is me during quarantine. And then people were like, Oh, you just walk around the house with your balls out. I was like, Yep, that's what I'm doing. And this guy whose name on Facebook is Scarecrow. Scare is the first name, S-K-A-R-E. Scarecrow. <laughs> I don't know where I... He's on my friends. I, I got him... Somehow I accepted a friend request from this guy. His name is Scarecrow. He's this white hippie dude with dreads, right? Oh boy. White dreads. White dreads. Like, trust the far end to the T... You know, hippie festival, uh, bro. I saw their set at blah blah blah. He's got probably eight, you got you got seven, sixteen Grateful Dead albums. He's got seventeen. He got, well, I'm gonna have more than sixteen. I'm just procuring sixteen. Okay, I'm, well, he he got on my post, and I don't ever talk to this dude, right? He got on my post and just commented on the post of Doctor Manhattan and just commented dumb. <laughs> he just said dumb and somehow that made me more mad than if he said you're a dumb shithead I hate you just saying dumb is like the bare minimum of like I'm gonna say something shitty but I don't want to waste any more energy than just typing dumb but I'll waste enough energy to say this when I could just keep my fucking mouth shut you know 
What's, I mean, that's oh. the laziest thing I've ever heard. The laziest thing. And gra- luckily, I have a bunch of people that are, you know, stand up for me. My, a bunch of my friends gone there were like, I said, I said, why? Why Why did you say this? And people got on there and they were like, my friends were like, why are you arguing? Why, why would you even talk to somebody who said something as stupid as saying dumb on your post? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then he commented back with a bunch of like gobbledygook, like burnout, weird shit at like talking about just crazy weird shit on there and just replying to himself like you know when people are like out there when they reply to themselves like 17 times on a post yeah he replied to himself much times and then finally the people that were arguing with him just blocked him they told me later you know but then (laughs) after he went on his whole rant i just wrote dumb (laughs) but then the next day he put up an picture of a terrible Grateful Dead tattoo that he got from someone who just bought a, a tattoo machine and is a new tattoo artist in quotation marks and I sent a screenshot to you and I said do I do it should I just say dumb on this post and you said man I don't I don't, I don't make fun of people's tattoos so I didn't do it if I if I had known this whole backstory I probably would have I probably would have said okay I thought I had explained it to you but I probably didn't you just didn't put two and two together yeah no know. you had not explained okay. it to me I'm I going think, to I think it was confusing the other internet fight with this one and thought that I had told you about both of them but yeah it was it was my opportunity to just write dumb on there and then you're like man I don't make fun of people's tattoos and I was like all right turn the one toke over the line lesson thank you to the best new badass two-toe artist in the planet and next stop universe <laughs> that tattoo is busted it is so bad scarecrow no, scarecrow fuck that guy he looks like the lead singer of corn uh, he does look like the lead singer of corn he's got that he's got those glasses yeah he's uh he's just that dude just that, that dude that dude <laughs> Not that dude, that dude. <laughs> he kind of that dude. <laughs> if that dude hadn't written in a while, he ain't, he ain't listening to the. Record. I tell you this, that dude's definitely got better tattoo taste. Oh, for sure, for sure. So anyway, that's my my blood pressure is raising just talking about this internet fighting. I'm back to being retired. I'm just gonna walk the earth like Kane and Kung Fu. <laughs> You're so wise, man. You know, and and look, I hope I, you know. Here's the thing. You're one of the greatest. I will give you that. You're one of the greatest at trolling the trolls. I've, I've I've put in my time. I appreciate the recognition. But but I you know do I want to lose? It's like when Jordan retires. You want him to be able to live the rest of his life, and you want him to kind of go out on top. Yeah. But for the sport, yeah. you don't want to lose the best. That's right, man. I mean, sometimes you, so at some point you got to put it down, you know. Well, I'm making this about me. (laughs) There you go. You're saying. I don't want you to retire, but I want you to be happy. Well, I appreciate that. You know. I just, I just want peace, man. I want to live in peace now. I've, I've lived a life of war. Look, you didn't choose the game, Joey. The game chose me. You're right. It chose you. And you can say you're done. But every time I get out. They pull me back in. They pull me back in. Yeah. You can't ever quit the game, man. It's, it's, it's tough. So I'm going to go on record now. It's not, I, I'm not taking a really strong position here. Okay. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. I'm taking a very strong position okay. that should be not controversial. Okay. That which is worse than anything else in New England <clears throat> is Dunkin' Donuts. Specifically, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Uh, you're talking quality-wise or service or? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's the worst thing here in North Carolina, too. But we're not like, this is a thing, right? Like Dunkin' Donuts is from like, it's either Rhode Island or Massachusetts. Okay, it's I can't from remember. them. It's, it's, yeah, okay. It's regionally. It's like, the worst export. And there's one on every corner here. Yeah, okay. There's not as many and, here. Right. There's one. I'm, I'm saying there's one on every corner. Honestly, there might be two on every corner. Okay. Okay. Uh, a it must be a things. company policy that their service is intentionally shitty because it is the worst service of any place on earth. The, so the only thing worse than the service is the taste of the coffee. Yeah, it tastes like dishwater. And I've been five or six times now since we've moved to Rhode Island. So like once a year, I'll be in a bind and I'll you go to Dunkin'. Do it. Yeah, sometimes you and gotta do it. Yeah. Of those six times five times they've gotten my order wrong and it's never been good and i had to get some coffee yesterday but on top of that like i took a sip and i was like motherfuck this is not the hype (laughs) i was so disappointed in myself i was like why did i even try it again you know like why did i do this again not forego coffee yeah it had been like two years yeah. since I had been to Dunkin' Donuts. Like, I don't go. That place is fucked. <laughs> but I went. It still sucks. Here's the thing. The gym that I work at is directly across the street from a Dunkin' Donuts. All right. And it is on a two-lane road that during rush hour in the morning is as busy as the interstate. <laughs> And there's a four-way. Well, there's it's technically a two-way stop uh, at the end of my building. So it's like stop sign, my building, and across the street is a Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine a really, really busy stop sign, two-lane road, yeah, in the morning, and there's so many people that are pulling in to this shitty Dunkin' Donuts to go into the drive-through. That the traffic backs up to this two-lane road. Yeah. And people, and I, I have to, well, I don't have to, but I choose to have the doors open and the windows open for risk mitigation when it comes to virus transmission of COVID-19. Right. And I'm standing right beside an open door. And all I hear is people honking at each other because there's people <laughs> backed up onto the street every single morning. I swear to God, I work tomorrow morning. Oh, I will take you, I will take a little video because yeah. I, it has happened every single day since we moved there. <laughs> we moved there two years ago. Yeah. Every single morning, honks on this road. Forget about <laughs> it. Just hey. <laughs> <laughs> my fucking Duncan. Give me it. I want my, I want my extra, extra. <laughs> this last time I went yesterday, uh, I didn't sleep much the night before. I was really fucking tired. I got this fatigue from this fucking Lyme disease. I'm going to play disc golf. I'm like falling asleep on the drive. I'm like, I'm going I'm to get up. I'm going to pull over and get a cup of coffee. I pulled it in the drive-thru. Not the one across the street from my gym. I pulled it in the drive-thru. I said, can I get a medium coffee 
with a light amount of cream. Because if it's shitty coffee, I'm going to get some cream in it, right? Yeah. I don't care about that. I said, it's a light amount of cream. She goes, so does that mean you want more cream or less cream? I said, uh, less? Like, when, when, in what world would light cream be more cream? She, well, in a world where less cream, I saw it pop up on the screen, on the screen, one hot coffee black plus two creams. Okay. That's, that's fewer. Okay. That's fewer than normal. That's, uh, that's the amount of cream that I usually get. So I so, say it's normal. So if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, Joey, you need to ask for less cream than normal. Less cream than normal. Okay. All right. I was just. I went one time to the one here. I, like I, I've gone to the one in Wilmington probably two times, and then never again because both times were miserable. Yep. The second time I went, I drove up and I was like, "Hey, uh, I'd like a caramel macchiato," and they said, oh, "We don't know what that is." So I, said, I said, all right, I will see you later. Peace. Dude. Like that's not no. that, so some people that might sound like fancy coffee, but it's a, it's a pretty standard thing, right? Caramel, caramel macchiato. That's like a, it's a normal thing to ask for at a coffee shop. No. Well, if you're a fucking snowflake going to that left coast Starbucks, I guess so, man. But you know, these, these, you know, hard leggers up here in new England that know about the winter. They ain't going to mark macchiatos. They only serve black coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts there. They don't serve black coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. They don't. I mean, they do, but yeah. no, but they, no, I've never seen anybody get a black coffee. Done. It's always got 10 creams in it. Yeah. Cause it tastes like garbage water. <laughs> tastes like fucking trash. Shit. Um, yeah, it's definitely not the hype. Is that, that, that it tastes like somebody take, took the filter from the office coffee machine and threw it in the trash. And then somebody went into that trash and tried to recycle the grounds. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's r- r- rinse in the same grounds all day. Just, yeah, yeah. God. Um, <clears throat> man. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the hype still out. Uh, okay. What's your hype still out? So a buddy of mine, um, uh, he has a, well, it's the, it's just, I only have two friends up here, apparently. Okay. <laughs> it's the same two people that I always reference, my friends. And um, they had a VCR. And so I found a bunch of old VCR or VHS tapes. And like, maybe this is like five months ago. And I, I was like, hey, I found these tapes. Can I come over and watch these tapes at your house? And I got, I didn't think about it, you know, went over there and I, and it wasn't until I was getting ready to put the tape in the VCR. I was like, this could be awkward, <laughs> you know, cause it's odds are it's me from high school trying to be funny. Yeah. Which was at that time translated to me in high school doing a bunch of stuff. I saw guys do on Jackass. Right. <laughs> yes. I was like, this probably isn't going to be that funny for you guys. It's going to be nostalgic for me. Maybe, you know, whatever. And they're like, fuck off. We're going to watch this, and that's going to give us a great opportunity to make fun of you. And we put the tapes in, and the VCR didn't work. (laughs) Uh And so I just got a text an hour ago that said, from my buddy, whose house I went to, he said, I bought a new VCR today. (laughs) He bought a new one. Well, to be fair, it's probably not expensive to find a, a, a VCR. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have I have no idea. Um, 
Wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to read the whole text for a minute. Okay. I bought a new VCR today. <clears throat> I set it up and realized there was already a tape in it. Plays great. So I put one of mine in, spits it out. I try another one, spits that one out. I put the tape in, that it came in back in, plays fine. <laughs> Four more of my tapes I try, none of them play. Every single one is in perfect condition. So I plugged the RCA cable back into the VCR I bought last year. It's working fine now. What the actual fuck? Wow. <laughs> VCRs, bro. Nobody knows. Nobody knows, man. I wonder- you know why they don't know how they work? Why? They got magnets. <laughs> how do magnets work? Magnets. How do they- anyway, so I'm I'm like hype still out because like I'm kind of I, I want to watch these tapes. Plus, here's the thing. I'm going to try and find the VHS tape that has me as Jiminy Cricket. Oh, yeah. You got to find it. I might have thrown it away. You know what I mean? I might have thrown it away, but I've got an attic full of stuff, like that kind of stuff. So, I mean, fingers crossed, I find Pinocchio. Yeah. I get to their house. I, you know what I'm saying? It works. I can get it on tape and yeah. I can prove to the world that is some hype still. That I, hype still out for sure. Yeah. I, yeah I what's your, see that tape. I wonder what the tape was that came with the used VCR. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's, a, a, it's probably like local six news because somebody's mom was on the news and probably it's never anything cool. No, definitely not. Um, I just, it's uh, not as cool as like a skate video. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, I was hoping that you were going to follow up on the murder cabin weekend. Did you not have anything to say about that? Or notably, you know, notably listeners, if you didn't listen last, listen last episode, uh, David and his uh, lovely wife went to stay at a murder cabin in the woods, <laughs> where they were not allowed to take pictures of the property. Well. Uh... Jackie in particular is looking forward to the, the update on this. The 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 listing on Airbnb said secluded weekend getaway. Surrounded by back porch, surrounded by trees. Hundreds of DVDs and VHSs. Television with an HDMI cable. And we pull up when it's not secluded. In a neighborhood, I'm I I'm not I'm not lying when I say I could spit and hit the next uh, next two houses. All right. Yeah. McKinsey counted them. Sixty-four VHSs. <laughs> Zero DVDs. No HDMI cable. No cable. No satellite. We we were left with the option of watching the VHS tapes. Or looking at our, you know, I mean, we, I mean, we spent most of the time like out of the cabin, you know, uh, reading books, you know, hiking, that kind of thing. But at the very end of the night, you know, we wind down with a movie. Yeah. Most of those 64 movies were children's movies. Princess Diaries, Bring It On, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., Happily Ever After, It Takes Two, Beethoven, Return of Jafar, Flubber, Babe, Toy Story, Jumanji, Angels in the Outfield, Peter Pan, Secret Garden, Iron Will. The list goes on. Okay. They had two copies of Forrest Gump. (laughs) Oh, God. What an insult. (laughs) They had... A documentary called Raise the Titanic. 
All right. They had a two-tape documentary called The Titanic. They had a four-volume A&E documentary television series called Titanic. <laughs> and they also had James Cameron's classic Titanic. Titanic. Um, we, on the first night, watched Coming to America. All right. That's, that's all right. It was his, that was, think about this, this is a first night. Yeah. We chose the best movie. Yeah, you, you, you peaked early there. Yeah. The second night we watched and fell asleep to Lethal Weapon 2. Mm. Wow. Mostly because we had seen Shawshank not too long ago. We did a rewatch of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like last year. And then we had also seen Tombstone in the last year, which was on the list. But other than and, and Jurassic Park, we watched at the beginning of the summer. Other than that, it was there's nothing else. Why? So this listing specifically said DVDs. So either they were lying about the DVDs, which is a very strange thing to lie about, or that what happened to the DVDs is the other. Let me go deeper with you, Joey. All right. There's no DVD player. Right. So did the, did the DVD player and the DVDs get stolen? I I would think that here's the story. Somebody's DVD player, the person who owned this place, died at home. And so they went to the place and got the DVD player and just like, well, we'll just take the DVDs out of here and no one will know. Um, that is a great theory. Okay. I honestly, it, I mean, it's New Hampshire, so I think you're probably right. And I'll just stop there. Okay. I think... I think somebody out here has become a genius and whenever anything in their house breaks, they get a cheap Airbnb rental for one night and they steal oh. one item. So you're positing it's not the person who owned the place. It's just somebody. <laughs> okay. I, 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 that'd be a lot cooler if it was the person that owned the place. It was just like, you know what? I want my DVD player back. That's what I thought. That's why I was like, oh shit, our DVD player broke. Uh, just go over to the, to the Airbnb and get it. Get that Let's one. Go, to the Airbnb. go over the cabin. Go over to the secluded cabin. <laughs> so tell let me, me about, tell let, me more about this. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you the, 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 the photographs on the listing were done. And I knew this at the time they were done by a professional photographer. Okay. What I didn't realize is just how good professional photographers are. Yeah. They can make a, make, they can take chicken shit and turn it into chicken noodle soup. Well, this was some highfalutin soup du jour. Okay. Um, so I, I, but luckily, right? Luckily, McKinsey and I didn't care. Right. You know, but like, <laughs> this is going to sound real bad. This is going to sound ridiculous. Like, McKinsey was like, there's no silverware in the house. I was like, yeah, there is. It's right on top of the microwave. It's like sitting in a, you know, it was like sitting in one of those baskets that yeah. you put inside of a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And she had like put a bunch of dishes in the sink after the first night. And I was like, well, we got to, we got to do these dishes. It says in the listing, we got to do the dishes. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah. She's like, but there's not even a dishwasher. We, And then there's only, you're, you're only allowed one bag of trash a day. And if you have more than one bag of trash a day, you got to take the trash away with you, which is like stuff that that's not a big deal. Right. The, the stairs to get to the bedroom, that was the issue. 
they were so steep that you know like imagine like old cabin doors that little one piece metal handle mm-hmm. that you like screw into the door mm-hmm. there were six of them placed in various angles and heights ascending to the bedroom it was like bouldering to get up these stairs. Yeah, you sent me a picture of the picture. stairs, and I couldn't tell if the stairs were going up or down. You were living in an M.C. Escher right. painting by going in here. And the bedroom itself was really adorable. Okay. It's A-frame, right? So this is the top half of the A-frame. So it looks like a teepee on the inside. And this the, the, the beams were you know, kind of like original wood. And so they're very, very browned out. Mm-hmm. And in between the wood was a freshly painted white. So was, the contrast was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had to crawl onto the bed from the foot of the bed and crawl off of the bed from the foot of the bed because I could not <laughs> get off the side of the bed without banging my head oh my against God. the ceiling. <laughs> So, and then the shower itself was like a, um, the shower you have in a cabin of a cruise ship. Oh, wow. So I, you know, I didn't really quite, I didn't get a full clean, if you will. Yeah. It's like an RV shower. Yeah. Yeah. But aside from that, like the back porch was as big as the cabin itself. Okay. And it was surrounded by trees and the neighbors. Turns out that Conway, New Hampshire is hella busy. Yeah. Is not like we, I thought we were going to some sleepy little town. Yeah. And it is basically a sleepy little New England town. But right now, it's like tourist season. And a lot of people in New Hampshire acting like Corona is not real. Yeah. Right. Right. So we did not go into town and hang out. We did not go under the river and swim or do go tubing. What we did is we drove a couple miles outside of town. There's this highway that's like Kickamauga Highway or something like that. And there's just every, you know, one mile, there's a brand new hiking trail. Yeah. And so we just went out on a couple of different hiking trails and spent the whole, you know, spent time walking around the woods. And we would get into these trails and like, it's not like super hard or challenging hiking trails. They're pretty, they're like, a lot of them are like cross country skiing trails. Yeah. And we could walk. We walked for three hours in the woods and didn't see another person. Oh, that's good. So it was a great weekend. Yeah. A lot of book reading, a lot of hiking, a lot of good food. Was, it, uh, was the bedroom too hot? You, you uh, well, we lucked out, man, because I don't know if the pressure system had anything to do with the incoming hurricane or whatever, but like the temperature dropped okay. over the weekend and it stayed low all the way through yesterday. So it was like 70 degrees at night. That's so we just cracked out. the windows open and, yeah. and we're perfectly fine. Yeah, you got lucky. Got so lucky. I'll tell you, I got so lucky because I was the one that booked it. <laughs> And yeah. you know what I did when I booked it? I just looked at the pictures. I was like, this is cool. You, you didn't read the reviews? I can imagine. That Fuck no, I didn't read reviews. shit. You think I read anything? I would be interested. You should send me that listing because I want to read the reviews on that place. Yeah, I'll do so. Do that. I actually do want to. Well, I'll, maybe I'll read some if there's any good ones on, on the next podcast. Wow. All right. Wow. Well, I'm glad for the. Th- wow. Here's the thing. I book Airbnbs on a regular basis because whenever 
we go, the Providence Barbell Club travels for competitions. Yeah. Usually it's cheaper for Jared and I to rent like a little apartment or little house because we're the ones that have to be there for longer than anybody else. Yeah. And so rather than booking with the hotel block, like we, maybe we pay a little bit more, but then we save all this money on cooking because Mm we will go to the grocery store the day we get there and then we'll load up the fridge and we'll just cook all our meals at this house. Yeah. And usually like he and I are basically the same when it comes to travel. Like we just look at where the address is of the competition. And then we look at Airbnb and we see whatever's closest and we see whatever's cheapest and closest. And then we just book it. Yeah. We don't really read reviews. We don't really care about that. And it's kind of a gamble, (laughs) you know, sometimes it works out wonderfully and sometimes it doesn't work out so well. And we never really learn our lesson (laughs) because it's usually like we don't, we, we put it off until the last minute and we're just like, Oh God, we got to book this trip. Like we know that we know the competition's coming. We know that we have like 15 people traveling to it. We know we got to get there the Thursday before the competition starts, but we don't even like, Oh God, the week before we're like scrambling, like, Oh, book it. That one looks fine. reasonable (laughs) so i kind of did that with this you know i just signed on my buddy was like you should go to conway new hampshire and tube down the you know sacco river okay cool i opened up conway i looked at pictures i was like you know this weekend like 10 different ones popped up i looked at the first one those pictures look cool booked done okay then i get an email no smoking don't take pictures mckenzie smoked yeah secluded not secluded for take your trash with you okay all right chill out (laughs) don't take pictures don't take pictures that's so sketchy did you did we was it your was i think it was mckinsey that was like the reason they say don't take pictures is because apparently a lot of porn companies will rent airbnbs and just film porns inside well how would how would pictures cause that to happen no, no, no! Like you can't film or take oh, pictures just inside this house. They were saying that, like, to to stop pornographers from taking pictures, nobody gets to take pictures. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was what she was saying as we were driving up there because I mentioned it to her. I was like, "Isn't that weird?" She's like, "Well, yeah, but I read an article that, like, you know, and that that's like a widespread policy now because." There were so many people filming porn videos in, in like L.A. Airbnbs. Oh, I got you. Oh, I have not heard that, but. Well, there you go. Stick with me. All right. Yeah, well, stick with McKenzie. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that wasn't your information. Um, so, but luck, you know, luckily, the temperature dropped. We had a good time. Whatever. I'm glad you had a good yeah. time. Thank I'm you. Glad you didn't get murdered. <laughs> um, so my hype still out is that. Jackie and I have started a podcast together. Oh my God. This is your third podcast. Yeah. It's my third podcast. Um, <laughs> and the only reason the type's still out is that Jackie's never done a podcast before and I've never done a podcast on this topic before. So we are, it, it we're going to see how it goes and, uh, hopefully we'll stick with it. But is the topic dog grooming? No, it's not. Is the topic dog grooming? Uh, is the topic how to cut down this tree that that tree that you have in the front yard? It's, it's keep it from the to talk with Jackie and Joey. No, uh, I don't think you'll ever guess it. Oh, enlighten me. So it's called Dimensions of Imagination, 
and it is a podcast about anthology TV because we're both really big anthology TV fans. So in particular, The Twilight Zone, um, Outer Limits, Tales from the Dark Side, any of those sorts of uh, amazing stories, any sort of series, usually sci-fi or horror, that each episode is a separate story. Um, Are you going to go into season-long anthologies? Well, what we're doing is we're doing because anthologies in general, you can jump around. You don't have to watch them in order like Black Mirror. You don't have to watch it in order. Right. Um, We are doing four episodes on a particular anthology show. Like we're starting out with four episodes of The Twilight Zone. that are just four ones that we picked. They're not in order or anything. We did start with the first one. Um, as the first episode and then after those four we're going to move on to a different series and then we're just going to kind of rotate through and we'll come back to the Twilight Zone we'll go do some of uh, Tales from the Dark Side that sort of thing yeah so to keep it fresh and like because we realized if we just did the Twilight Zone at some point we would just run out of Twilight Zone episodes and then that would be kind of a bummer because the big thing was that that's what I wanted to go to grad school for was I was going to do my thesis on the twilight zone and like sort of its cultural impact, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to go into grad school, but, um, anyway, I, I wanted to do something to kind of like do something with that information. And then she really loves the twilight zone too. So anyway, we're trying it and we're gonna see how it goes. We filmed our first episode this week and, um, filmed well recorded that we didn't film. Oh. It. So it's all audio. Um, and she did pretty good. She only she only pulled your style of leaving me hanging one time as opposed to like seven or eight like you usually do. So well, I do it for comedy effect. I know. She didn't do it for comedy effect, but she did a really good job. She never been on like she she was like, I don't know how to do this and then she she did really good. She she's very she's very organized, so that helps. Yep. And neither you nor I are organized with our podcast uh notes, oh, obviously. I'm a, I'm a little bit more organized than you. But oh, I get it. On now. I'm better than I used to be about it, but she's very good with notes. So that helps. She does all the trivia stuff and everything for this episode. So anyway, once uh, I'll put it in the show notes once we get it like launched and stuff. But I got I've still got to edit it and figure out how like some music and stuff. I think that Mitchell's going to put together some some bumpers for us. So you gonna get a few in the can first? Or you're gonna go live with the first one? Um, I'm not sure. I think I think it. No, I'm gonna talk to her about it. We kind of have our plan for the the next ones we need to do, and we don't have because it's you know a show that's this old. It's not just not time sensitive or anything, you know. So right. I don't know, but I'm excited about it though. I don't think that I I fuck with too many anthology shows. Yeah, it's just you have to be into it, I guess. I really like short stories and like reading short stories and literature and stuff. And it, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the anthology episodes um, of like Ray Bradbury Theater, etc., are based on famous short stories um, that that you know I'm super into. Yeah, I mean, I I stuck with uh, Black Mirror until. The Netflix episodes started like I I watched probably three of those Netflix episodes. I was like, okay, all right, you know, like I'm kind of over it. Well, Black Mirror is so widely like there's there's a big gap between the good episodes and the bad episodes, um, or the less good episodes. But uh, there's some good stuff in the Netflix episodes. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I feel like, and and I'm speaking out of turn here a little bit. And I don't have the most extensive knowledge of the Twilight Zone, but I feel like every episode of the Twilight Zone that I've ever seen has been a very different short story. Mm-hmm. And the Black Mirror, you know, you've seen 
it, once you've seen like three or four of those episodes, it's like, okay, we're going to get a piece of, you know, uh, technology. We're going to fast forward maybe 15 years and then we're going to investigate the, you know, kind of negative effects of that technology. Yeah. It's a little more, um, I think they kind of backed themselves in a corner a little more on that show because it is focused on like one, it, it is kind of the same yeah. concept over and over again. And some of those stories are told really, really well. And then other ones are not as good, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm in. All right. Sign me up. The first episode's only like 30 minutes, so it's easy, easy listen. So it's like less than half of this episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, what have you been consuming? So um, I wanted to bring up a show that I hadn't talked about on here yet. I don't think I've talked about it. it, it oh, what was the hype? What was this? Right. What was the hype? It was my hype from like a month and a half ago or something. Okay. So Jackie started watching, we finished it, like I said, a month and a half ago, but Jackie was watching the show Goliath on Amazon with uh, Billy Bob Thornton in the main role. Have you heard yeah. Of it? I heard of it and I heard he does a really good job and that's all I've heard. He plays this kind of ex-scoundrel alcoholic uh, attorney. Okay. Um, kind of down on his luck, like has ruined his career um, but he's very good at what he does. And she watched the first season and it was kind of one of those things. It was like her thing to watch. And then I would come in and out of the room every once in a while. Yeah. But by the end of the season, I felt like I had kind of understood what had happened. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, I was like kind of into it. I actually watched the whole finale and then season two, I didn't watch it as much with her. I just kind of see, I saw bits and pieces, but then season three, I saw that Randy Quaid was in it and he plays. This. <laughs> I don't know. what's funnier that Randy Quaid was in it, but that you perked up. Yeah, no, it's not Randy Quaid. It's Dennis Quaid. Okay. The less insane one. Right. Quaid, um, who was in inner space and all that, you know, was married to Meg Ryan and everything, but he plays this batshit crazy character. He's this like avocado tycoon. Um, yeah, the whole season is like this avocado farm is taking because avocados truly take a ton of water to, to, to grow. Not avocado, almonds. He's an almond tycoon. Yeah. Avocados take a lot of water too, but almonds take like a ton of water. It's like a gallon of water per almond or something crazy like that. So the, this whole season is about this, this massive almond company taking all this water during a drought and all these farmers don't have any water because of it. Right. Uh So Billy Bob Thornton's character is brought in to like sue them and, you know, get to the bottom of it. And, uh, Randy Quaid plays this like unhinged, you know, dude in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, rich guy. And the first episode he's, he does like peyote and has this crazy trip where he like is singing this song. He sings the rose by a uh, Bette Midler. <laughs> okay. And it's just like this crazy weird dream sequence thing. And the whole season has all this weird stuff in it. Um, but if anyway, that's I'm rambling, but the show is really interesting. I think you could probably just watch season three and understand what was going on, but it was very good. And the acting was really good in it. So, Billy Bob Thornton's just a fantastic actor, you know. So. Um, well, I mean, you've piqued my interest. It sounds like it's not the same thing, but it sounds like the same type of show that Mackenzie and I fell into backwards. That's maybe a, maybe a year ago. 
backwards? <laughs> we fell into this show. Like it had been recommended to us. Uh, like it turns out that, and maybe I've mentioned this. I don't think I have. 65 year old white men love this show. What show is it? It's called um, Yellowstone. Oh, see, one of my friends was telling me I should watch Yellowstone. It is a, a, a very, very adult soap opera. Right. That is thematically on par with like kind of like I don't want to I don't want to pigeonhole it too much there are elements of it that are engaging and complicated but the protagonist is just like white man losing his culture right and his family as a result you know yeah but there are more complexities to it but it's basically this guy owns the largest ranch in America and it's in Montana and it's like larger than the state of Rhode Island and problems occur. He's got these kids that, you know, don't want to take on the responsibility of it, but, but they do, but they don't. And are they equipped and are they not? And if they're not equipped, is it his fault? And this land has been in his family for generations, but also it was stolen from the neighboring tribe. And the neighboring tribe is like, got a new president. And he wants to put the pressure on the protagonist in such a way that he's going to have to sell his land and they can buy the land back for the tribe. And also there's the local political angle which is like you know the landowner guy is a kind of a big wig with the governor and exerts you know undue influence on the legislative process to protect himself and he's a fish and wildlife management kind of like deputy and is everything that he does on his land legal is it not and you know i mean there's you know soap opera elements to it and there's a local land developer from silicon valley who wants to buy up lots of land and kind of encroach on him and put you know redirect the water and all this kind of stuff and there's a lot of violence in it though too like it's i mean it's it's kind of cool it's cool in the same sense that the oc is cool in the sense that like every episode you're like wait what's gonna happen next yeah you know and you're like in this world with these people that was previously kind of like a foreign world to you yeah but you're like learning about the world and you're like oh my god this is a crazy world i want to get to know about this world more and all these people what's gonna happen to this guy next and one of the crazy things actually since we're talking about the show um the, there's a musician who's like a country style kind of bluesy country musician named Ryan Bingham mm-hmm. who I got into because of my nephew like years ago and he was the one that did what was that uh, movie with uh, Jeff Bridges Crazy Heart yeah Ryan Bingham's the guy that did all the music for Crazy okay. Heart yeah and uh, he got nominated for an Oscar for that I think right but I think like most of that credit went to T-Bone yeah right okay um, <clears throat> Bingham comes on that show. Oh, okay. And we, I was like, wait a second, is that fucking Ryan Bingham? Because I wasn't so much of a fan that, like, I never saw him live. I'd seen a few pictures of him on like album covers, but I never like went and Google image this guy. Just listen to him, you know. Yeah. 
like, I think that's Ryan Bingham. And then at the end of the first episode, he starts playing a song. I'm like, that's fucking Ryan Bingham. <laughs> that's funny that you bring that up because uh, Dwight Yoakam appears in this. Uh, the, the country singer Dwight Yoakam appears in Goliath season one, I think. That's nuts. Yeah, he was in Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton, too. So. But well, same they, sort of they, thing, way you know, back. they had their connections with people. Yeah, it's a very similar show to that. It's like kind of a weird environment, but all these uh, government influence and intrigue and betrayals. And yeah, it, it probably has some of the same elements of that. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. But it's funny that you mentioned this because I was just I, last night or like two nights ago, I was at the club. I was talking to some people that were listening and stuff. And I, I just finished up a rewatch of the West wing, which took a long time. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like searching around for what's going to be the next TV show that I'm not really going to be like overwhelmingly passionate about, but I'm going to enjoy rewatching because I can't watch the OC more than one episode at a time. Yeah, right. So you need something else. Yeah. And these people were recommending all these shows. And I was like, yeah, I quit that after season one. <laughs> I quit that after season two. I was like, that's history. You know, I wasn't telling them that their shows were trash, but I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. And it turns out that I really like somewhat political soap opera shows like that. I guess that's my type. <laughs> And so, like, I think I'm going to try Goliath out. You should try it. I, I think I watched the first episode, and it's, it, it, it grabs you. I mean, it has the, like, courtroom drama stuff in it, too, a little bit. But there is a lot of, like, the season one, uh, William Hurt is the bad guy, I guess. And he's uh, the guy. He's Billy Bob Thornton's ex-partner in the law uh-huh. firm. And Billy Bob Thornton was this, like, he's, like, a famous lawyer. Like people know him, his character, Billy. Yeah. Um, he like, he walks in the room and they're like, that's Billy McBride. Um, but also he's known for like having a fall from grace, you know? So yeah. it's like, it's, it's got it's some Billy Bob Thornton's greats consistently throughout it. And then, I think that uh, Dennis Quaid's character is one of the best. I'm super like I pay attention to characters in TV shows lately. I think he's one of the best characters in TV of the last 10 years. I mean, he's just like chewing the scenery in the best way, you know, the whole time. That's bold. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was by the end of it, I was like, man, I don't want to like I want to see this character more, you know? Well, so there's been more time with the, the one thing that gives me pause is that uh, our mutual friend, Ryan Cox, right? Yeah. He has just fallen into a watch for the first time ever of this show justified. Yeah. I, w- I really want to watch that too, actually. And I think that's so wa- kind of on the I'm same bar of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's this. Yeah. Right. It's and and Ryan has watched three seasons now. Now I watched three seasons back in the day when I, when I found it. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let me know when you get on season four and I'll catch up and I'll, yeah. and I'll, I'll watch it with you. And Ryan texted me the other day and it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of nuts that he made this kind of comparison because I had never thought of it before. Um, but he said that, uh, and I don't know that. Yeah. He said, I've decided justified is a real life reimagining of the Batman mythos. Raylan obviously is the very flawed anti-hero and Boyd Crowder is Joker, his eternal mastermind nemesis. <laughs> All of Harlan County is their Gotham. Yeah. Okay. I said, how do you feel about that? He said, neutral. <laughs> Just a thought I had. <laughs> That's so Ryan. That's so Ryan. <laughs> so Ryan. Yeah. He doesn't actually care. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. It'll be between Gotham and Justified. I think I'll probably go with Justified just because I'm. You know, yeah, I want to be able to well, hit keep, them up. You can keep Goliath on your list. Um, yeah, that's is, Amazon, right? 
it, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, and it, it, I think there's, they got renewed for one final season, and who knows when that will come out because of COVID. But right. so you have time to catch up with it before that. And I don't. Know. I mean, it's a bold claim that you're saying Dennis Quaid's character is one of the best TV characters of the last ten years. He is like, I was like, this is incredible. I want to see more of this dude. Like, I wanted to see this this crazy unhinged character on screen more. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um. So that's that. The other thing, I'll be quick with this. I watched a movie that... See, I, you're not a horror movie fan, right? No, I'm not. I'm the opposite of that. Jackie I'm, and I kind of like bonded. We bonded over horror movies. And modern horror movies, for the most part, are super disappointing to me because there's some like heady, oh, spooky, cool idea, and then they drag it out way too long. Like It's like two hours long, and it should have been half an hour, and it never goes anywhere. But I watched this movie, uh, Color. We watched this movie, Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. Um, starring. Can I. No, time out. Uh, when we got the outdoor screen for movies. Yeah. The, the very first movie that we aired with our neighbors was that movie. You've seen it. I watched it. Did, you didn't Go like on. It. You didn't like it. Of course not. I thought it was hilariously bad but i can't wait to hear what you have to say about I, it because it, like you're the only other person that's seen it yeah but I, i've watched so many boring horror movies that go nowhere and then this one number one nicholas cage is just like nicholas caging through the whole thing right he's so nicholas cage but it's ridiculous but his character kind of warrants it you know so I was able to be like, yeah, this is ridiculous and over the top and maybe it's a little too over the top in some places. But this guy is like a, a, a kind of a out there character, you know, um, the movie is based on uh, a Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you're familiar with uh, H.P. Lovecraft because he is from Providence, Rhode Island. No, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, it, mm-hmm. is, there, is he a big thing there? He's got his house is like a a thing, like a a tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been in. I I am thinking about short stories. You know, he's a famous horror writer. You know, he 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 wrote all these cosmic horror stories that have influenced everybody from Stephen King to blah blah blah. He was also a massive piece of shit as a human being. It's like the most racist of racists. Um, he said that. He said he thought Hitler was a clown, but he liked his ideas. If that gives you an indication of what kind of person he was. God. Um, yeah, just like, so I have this like twisted, like, ugh, I, you know, and people love him and they don't, because they don't really want to, they just ignore that stuff. But this movie yeah. is based on one of his short stories. Um, and so it's like this, like cosmic being coming to earth and taking over these people. Um, I just thought it was that the director, uh, was Richard. Oh, what's his name? He directed a uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, which is also another crazy movie. Um, yeah, okay. Richard Spencer, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. There's a good documentary about that movie, about how hard it was to work with Brando, etc. Um, but anyway, he directed this, and, and he, he kind of was, after he directed Island of Dr. Moreau, it was such a flop that he got pushed out of mainstream movies. And Nicolas Cage pushed for this movie to get made. <laughs> Um, and wanted him to direct it. And so he kind of championed and got him back into mainstream filmmaking. But I just thought the special effects were really good. I loved it. It's all about like, there's these like, it's supposed to be the, the end of story. This alien 
thing entity comes down and it projects these colors that the human eye can't process and they the way that they kind of show that in the movie is they it's these purples and magentas yeah but all this i thought the special effects really worked some of them some of the effects are just horrific like stomach churning um intense a lot of body horror and stuff and i just i don't know it just like it i felt like if it went somewhere and it finished and it was a complete story and it didn't just sputter out, you know? Um, so, well, I think the thing that you can appreciate about it that I absolutely cannot is your context in which you're watching it. For me, it's just another movie. And for you, it's like, there are certain, you know, nods to like just saying body hoarder. I never knew body horror was a thing, but when you say that, I know exactly what you're talking about as it relates to that movie. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a genre of horror film. And if if I wasn't a horror, if I wasn't a horror fan, and I also had not watched all these other horrible uh, modern horror films, I would probably think it was stupid and over the top and dumb. But because I have that context of like to compare it to these other things, I thought it was just really well done for what it is. Um, and if you if you're not a horror fan, you shouldn't watch it. You know, it's not not your thing. Um, right. Which is fine, but it's not for everybody. But I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever made, but I really enjoyed it. It, it made me think about I, I it stuck with me, I guess, in a way. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, I'm uh, you know, look. I'm hyped that you liked it and I'm enjoying being reminded of the fact that we watched that. <laughs> That's crazy that you watched that with like your neighbors and stuff though. Cause I was, yeah, well that, like nobody knew what it was and Mackenzie chose it. Okay. Here's the problem. Mackenzie's Mackenzie's picker is broken. Okay. When it comes to movies, like she, she, she loves how bad her own taste is. Right. And so if it's a genre horror movie, like she's all in. Yeah. She didn't tell us that was it. She said it's a new Nick Cage movie. It's got oh, good God. reviews. That Oh, I can only imagine what. Yeah. I have no idea. It was supposed audience, to be a horror yeah. movie. I'm sitting there. What the fuck? Oh, and then she's like, it's like sci-fi. Anyway, but to speak of you and <clears throat> horror movies and McKenzie, she rented a movie on demand that was made in 2020 like quarantine made that she says i mean okay so i'm i go to the other room as she's like you want to watch this horror movie with me i was like fuck no of course not you know like i'm gonna go in the other room and play some video games i came back out to like get a glass of water or something and i stood there behind her she was laying on the couch watching it i stood like in the you know kitchen area just like absentmindedly watching it for a minute and something happened and I immediately (laughs) filled my water and (laughs) ran back into the other room. (laughs) And then, and then when the movie was over, this is, I'm telling you right now, Mackenzie watches a horror movie at least once a week. You know what I mean? She watches horror TV shows when we're going to bed and she's, she's got control of the remote. Like I'm like, I just wait on her to fall asleep so I can change it to something that's not scary. Yeah. She, when the movie was over, she came into the room that I was in and just sat on the couch with me for like half an hour. She was shook. Wow. Yeah. Like I've never seen it. She was like, that movie was great. It was really fucking scary. I just need a minute before I go to bed. And I've never seen that from her before. What was the movie? So the movie is called Host. 
not the host, just host. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. All right. We'll check it out. If you read the setup, I think you're going to kind of scoff at it. She said she hasn't been that scared since the Blair Witch Project. We're not going to, we're not going to. That's that's tall. That's uh, I was very scared of the Blair Witch Project. So we're not. Yeah, gonna I, was, I saw that movie and I didn't sleep for like a week. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out if you want. You know, when you're in the mood for a horror a horror movie, Jackie find Boy. it, watch it. Let me know whether or not it hit you. The I mean, because she like she really enjoys being scared. She gets scared during horror movies, but then after it's over, she's like, whatever. You know, that shit sticks with yeah, me way too long. Yeah, I, I'm the same way she is with it, and that's how Jackie is too. Like we're, we're just yeah. Into it. Well, try it out. Okay, cool. I'll take the recommendation. I'm sure Jackie will be chomping at the bit to watch it if she hasn't watched it already without me. Um, <laughs> She probably would tell me about it though if she had seen that. Um, I think, but I think it might be like on demand. I think you okay, need to rent it. So okay. I would imagine that Jackie would not have watched it without you. Um, what's your What's your consuming? I got two things. One is a movie that you mentioned rewatching, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie." And I went back and rewatched it, and it was floored at how much better it is than I remembered it being. What was that? Best in Show. Man, such a good movie. So many good it's, performances. It's so good. And like 90% of that movie is uh, improv. I, well, see, the thing is, like, I knew it was good, you know? Yeah, like, you already know it's good, but you're like, oh, man, that's, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it slaughtered me. I watched it in like four installments over four days. Yeah. It's, um, it's fantastic. And yeah, it's really good. And a lot of, a lot of parts I've forgotten, a lot of stuff I remembered, but like, what's that guy's name that just passed away? That was, Oh, uh, yeah. Fred Willard, Fred Willard. He is, I knew all of his lines, but I was like half a second behind all of his lines. It's like, as he was saying them, I was remembering how funny they were. And it's, he is rest in peace i mean that guy is a fucking gem it's, he should have gotten an oscar nomination for that that performance it is <laughs> i tell you how much you think i bitch <laughs> yeah what what about these dogs sometimes do they ever put a little sherlock holmes pipe in their mouth and a little hat on them I th- i'd get a <laughs> i think people get a kick out of that i know i did i would he's so he's, he plays that character so well because we everybody has that <laughs> That person in their family that's just like making egregious claims and just saying like, well, I think people would like it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Over the top. Was it you that told me that he, uh, Christopher Guest, wanted him to go to a dog show? No. So Yeah. The, the legend has it that Christopher Guest was like, Fred, you need to go to a dog show to see how it works. And he was like, nope. He's like, not going to do that. I want to be completely clueless. And, and so, I think it was you that said like his final season or when he was hired for Modern Family, like he was like, don't write a script for me. I'm yeah, just going to show up and be did, funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. totally how he operated. Like, yeah, it, it, it's a great performance. And there's so many yeah. good performances. Like, just. Yeah. I mean, everybody delivers. Great, yeah. But, oh, man, it's good. And uh, so, I, you know, I rewatched that. And, um, there's a this is uh, i think maybe less for you and more for anybody else that's like listening that thinks that they enjoy the same music that i enjoy there's this guy named coulter wall who is a country musician who's like 25 years old probably 150 pounds soaking wet stands maybe five foot six is from saskatchewan canada and is like 
just he's just like kind of like he's like plucked out of the heavens it's so weird because the way he sings this the sound that his voice makes is you you could not in a thousand years match it with what he looks like yeah so he's this deep deep baritone bass you know and 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 it's a really pretty voice you know so he's really good at singing and um he plays this old guitar from like 1946 and it's a very simple sound like his sound is very simple and straightforward and he sings a lot of traditional songs and a lot of like the more he's gotten into his own career the more it seems like he's playing the music that he always wanted to play which is like western plains music traditional cattle songs that kind of thing and his most recent album is coming out i pre-ordered the vinyl and i got the vinyl on friday before we left to go out of town and i listened to it before we left and i you know i enjoyed it thoroughly i'm a big fan of his i've seen him a couple times in concert but his actual like that album is not available to stream yet and the vinyl did not come with a download code he's only got three of the singles released on like spotify that's cool and i i cannot stop listening to those singles now he's got three other albums yeah uh his first album is called imaginary appalachia and the second one is self-titled and the third one is like songs from the plains and the third one is the one i think that i enjoy the most which i think is like that album and then this one that's coming out is not very much like those first two albums in tone or content Mm -hmm. still the same type of music you know you know i i think it's to really kind of tell the difference you need to listen to all the albums several times over to be like oh yeah okay you know like imaginary appalachia is very obviously not western yeah you know um but i can't i I can't get in it's it's crazy because like i i was on this big country kick from like i don't know halfway through 2018 all the way through 2019 like 18 months like all i listened to is country music and i really got kind of like interested and relatively knowledgeable of all these musicians that are making music today that is not pop country and i found that i responded to this style of music in a way that i never had before and it was very exciting because like how often do you get to discover a brand new genre of music that you never listened to before and it turns out there's all these people that are making great music right you know like it was very exciting and in the past year or so i've kind of waned a little bit on it and i haven't listened to as many artists i've kind of selected like the five or six that will be on regular rotation and he's in that but I hadn't listened to him as frequently in the past maybe six months as I had before. And with these singles coming out and the fact that I got to listen to the record all the way through on Friday, like that's all I've listened to since Friday. Like I've listened to those three albums plus the three singles on repeat, wow, you know, all weekend crushing. and into yeah. this week. And that's hype. I, yeah, it's really hype. Um, and I would tell you that one of the three singles from this new album is a cover of an old song called Cowpoke. And I would recommend that to you. I think that you would appreciate the musicianship that's on that song. Sometimes this guy is going to (laughs) yodel. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. It's cool. And okay. So my, my cousin is like a musician and an artist and he lives in Nashville and his old roommate, who the guy he lived with for 
for like you know three or four years was the drummer for Coulter Wall. Oh, okay. And so that was one of, one of the times that I went to see Coulter in concert. Like I texted my cousin just as like a you know as a lark. I was like, hey man, I'm gonna see your I'm gonna see your roommate tonight. Like I'm going to this Coulter show. And he was like, well, you know, shit. I'm glad you told me. He's like, I'll text him, and you know, you can maybe maybe wow. get the vinyl signed or something like that. And I went, and the first time I saw him, I, I wasn't really paying attention. I saw him, I saw him at a music festival, and there's never a lot of time to really expand any of your songs when you're at a festival. You got like 45 minutes. You got to play the hits and get off the stage. Um, but this concert, he was the headliner. And it was the first time, like the the harmonica player that plays in his band is fucking righteous. <laughs> like he's really good in this Western style music. There's a lot of harmonica in it. And this song "Cowpoke" that I'm recommending to you to listen to is gorgeous harmonica playing on it. And it's this guy like Jake the Snake or something like that. You know that? Oh, shout out Jake. You said. Um, <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, the guy that was my cousin's roommate he doesn't play in the band anymore. He, you know, he he used to play band for a, uh, I can't remember who it, it was, somebody, somebody like super famous. Um, and then he transitioned to play for Coulter and then he just he's quit. He went out. He works on a cattle ranch now. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I. I, I can't recommend him enough. If you're into any kind of, you know, I don't think you have to be into country music just to appreciate this guy is, is like a musician. I I like Americana y stuff more than I like country music, I guess, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like um, country stuff that, that does some of that Americana ish type thing, but then it sometimes it veers too far into like modern sound and i'm like eh, I don't know. well this is i wouldn't say that this is any threat to being americana yeah but it's like it's so slow it's really slow and laid back and simple um and in that sometimes one would think well that's not very interesting but when you really slow it down like there's still the same opportunity to appreciate nuance and texture and that's there yeah, I got with you. what he's doing. It's definitely there. So um, there is one song. Um, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It reminds me a lot of a Modest Mouse song. Okay. Um, and uh, that the, you know, there's a guy yelling indecipherable lyrics at the end of the song. <laughs> cool. Much like uh, it's a certain song from Modest Mouse that I can't even, I can't even remember now. Anyway, so that's, that's me. Cool. Yep. Well, let's uh, get into the best part of the show. It's our uh, our our rewatch of season one of of the OC. Uh, if you don't if you don't watch the OC, then fuck off. You can turn the show <laughs> off now. I guess. Um, Try to steal my line. That's not even the right line. If you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> this is a uh, season one, episode six, entitled "The Girlfriend," um, and. Uh, Basically, the quick recap of the show is we get to finally meet uh, Kirsten's father, uh, Caleb, who has been referred to kind of ominously in the episodes beforehand. He shows up in this episode. <clears throat> They're having a big party. Uh, Kirsten's having this big party. Um, is the party in for in his honor? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, 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 it's his birthday. Okay, that's what I thought. His birthday. I watched it this morning, but I think I missed that that reference. It's throwing him a birthday party. Um, and it's kind of like the whole thing is the, the chaos that he causes to the family as he comes and he brings his, uh, 24 year old girlfriend with him 
And um, there's also, you know, a lot of tension between all the characters. Um, There's two kind of parallel stories with the the kids and the adults, as often is the case now that we're into the the meat of the show. And uh, once again, we have an episode with a big party. Um, When when the party happened, I was like, oh, my God, there really is a party in every episode. Why did I never I never noticed that when I first watched the show? Of course not. There's got to be a a point where they stop having parties because I would just notice it. Also, I was a little disappointed. I was when I saw that they were having the party and it was around the pool. I was like, somebody's going in the pool. Somebody (laughs) is going to dive and knock somebody into the pool. It's just going to happen. And then it didn't happen. Didn't happen in the episode, so a couple points off for that. Um, so I guess I did. I do a good enough job summarizing the episode. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, who's really here for the summary anyway? Yeah, uh, getting into the to the, to the, to, I don't brass tacks. This episode made me a little uncomfortable. There's this. I so I had so much fun last week writing down these little things that I really enjoyed. That like I didn't take the time to get uncomfortable with, which was like the very uncomfortable reality that we're watching statutory rape happen. Yeah. It, so Caleb's girlfriend, twenty four years old, uh, notably trivia: the actress that played her is the same age as Benjamin Kinsey and Seth's car- Seth. Uh, whoever, who's the guy that plays Seth? Um, uh, I thought you said it. <laughs> you were on the right Benjamin name, McKenzie and uh, and Seth, Adam Brody, Adam Brody. She is the same age as them, but in the show, one of the one of the storylines is she is attempting to seduce Ryan. Okay, Ryan doesn't play into this. He's he's made uncomfortable by it, you know, and it. it I get the feeling that she's doing that because she wants to piss Caleb off. Sure. More than anything, but it is, it is something that appears in past storytelling that I think will change now because of people's change in the views of, you know, the Me Too movement and everything like that. It's a known trope of like the older woman seducing the younger man or vice versa, you know, more more so the woman with the, the, the boy, which seems to be less problematic for some reason for people. But um, I feel like well, this, this wouldn't be a part of this show now. Maybe. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to The Graduate, like, uh, what's his name? Dreyfus was the Hoffman. in the sh- <laughs> Yeah, Hoffman was of age. He was, a, yeah, he was a, a college student, right? So. Right. Benjamin McKenzie cannot serve alcohol to her because he's not yet 18. Right. So he is underage, and she is pursuing him aggressively, uncomfortably. Um, and I don't know. It's it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. That that bothered me. <laughs> I'm interested. Jackie and I watched this this one separately because I watched it this morning because I forgot to watch it last night. And I yeah. think she just watched it while we were recording. So I'm interested to hear her po- point of view on it. Um, but it, it was kind of problematic to me. Uh, nothing. They don't have sex or anything. Nothing. Nothing. But you know, it's. I mean, they don't have sex, but not be, not for lack of trying. Yeah. It, it, one of my one of my notes is lock the fucking door. 
Yeah, but that, that's my point, though, is that I think she's trying to get caught, you know, because she's bored with Caleb. She wants him to, like, get mad at her or something. I don't know, because um, Caleb is this is a trophy girlfriend, you know, Caleb's love of his life has died. Uh, Kirsten's mom, I guess. And this is kind of his M.O. now is that he wants some, you know, attractive mom. Yeah, she says like, herself, Caleb wants to be entertained. Yeah. Um, um, so fair enough. The, the, okay. So I say lock the door. You say, well, I think she's trying to get caught. I mean, they're in the pool house at a party where half the party is in the backyard by the pool. Yeah. And the door's not locked. Right. And she's climbing onto him and her dress is in the action of coming off as Marissa walks in the door. Marissa walks in the door and shock and awe. She cannot believe it. Now, leading up to this, you know, Marissa has come to Ryan earlier in the episode and is like, hey, Luke wants to get back together. You know, they've re- reacquainted themselves with each other because he got shot. She was there for him. Um, and she kind of looks to Ryan for and wants Ryan to kind of like say, don't go back to Luke. But Ryan's like, I'm not going to make that decision for you, you know? Like, don't come. He's a little rude about it, but I think he's kind of standing his ground, you know? That, like, don't come to me asking about it. I mean, maybe he should say what he feels, but... I mean, maybe, but, like, I'm already bored of talking about Marissa. Like, this girl can't get her act. She can't make up her... I, granted, it's a tough choice. Which choice do you make? The writing is perfectly good. Like, she's in a tough position. Does she go with the guy that she thinks there's a spark? Or does she go to the safe, you know, thing that she's known for so long that her family wants her to do? You know, like, I get it. Okay, fine. And Ryan won't make the decision for her. Summer won't make the decision for her. Her mom tries to make the decision for her. You know, like, whatever. But... There's two points, two main points I think thematically are connected and were very frustrating for me in this episode. The first one is Marissa not wanting to have to decide between the two boys, signaling that she's decided on Luke, and then being upset that she catches Ryan being seduced by this woman. Yeah. To me, I I said, like, you don't. You don't get the right to pout. Like it's not fair. But I think don't bring Luke to a party and then be upset when you see Ryan with somebody else at the party. I think that her counter argument to that would be that she she wanted Ryan to say something when he went when she went to him and was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" You know, and he didn't. You know, he said, "Well, I'm not going to make it." But I think he was right to not play into that, not put up with that behavior. You know? I think you would you would say yourself that a part of relationship is not does not relationships do not include my reading. Right. Yeah, exactly. Say, so if you say come what you feel. and you want me to say something, then you better tell you, me you want me to say something. You better be direct. I do think that the the the, the kids storylines, not not Ryan with the older woman, but the the, the kids, the, the, the young adults storylines in this episode made me think I was like, man, this show actually has like high school level. These kids are reacting kind of like they would if they were in high school, you know, like Marissa's selfishness of like. It's ridiculous for her to like kind of say, well, sh- should I choose you or should I choose Luke? But that's something a high school kid, an immature high school kid would do, you know? Um, There's one high schooler not being a high schooler in this show. Who is that? In this episode. Who would that be? 
I have written down Luke at a party is great. No wonder parents love him. He walks in. Oh yeah. He's just Seth's house after, you know, calling Seth a queer for like the past 15 years. Yeah. He puts his hand out. He says, this your place. Great house. Great house. Glad to be here. I was just laughing. Of course, you know, Luke knows exactly how to turn on the charm. It's fucking great. No wonder parents love him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he definitely was like being, being, you know, playing the mature. <laughs> to me, I mean, to me, it was like it was just funny because I know that I know that fake charm. Yeah, right? everybody sure, knows yeah. that fake charm, but like to be the recipient of that fake charm feels so good like, when you don't yeah. know that it's fake. You know, yeah, for sure. Oh, it's he so adorable. Well, but, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, the, let me come. The, go ahead. The the like sort of Marissa and Ryan and then Seth and Summer thing. Like the way that they act in these situations are very like. Um, I don't know. They're toned down. They're quaint in a way that like I feel like modern portrayals of teenagers are not that way. And maybe that's because teenagers themselves have changed. They're a lot less, you know, they mature quicker. They're 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 made to lose innocence quicker. But like we're dealing with storylines of like people being afraid to kiss each other. You know, and yeah. it's like this thing, but it's like, it feels like, oh, this, this is feels like high school, you know, like this sort of, it's not, this is like comparing this to, we're still watching Sabrina. It's just like so adult that these kids are in these situations, you know? And it's like, yeah. there is no like wonder or any like, I don't know. Part of the charm of this show is like the sort of like getting to see the high schoolers act like high schoolers and the adults act like adults, you know, and seeing those two types of storylines go together instead of everyone being kind of an adult at the same time, you know? Yeah. I'll even compare it to Jackie's been watching family ties and Michael (laughs) Keaton as a character, you know, Michael J. Fox's character, um, Alex Keaton, is such an adult in that show. He's not a kid, you know. He's he he doesn't he feels like he's the same age as his parents, you know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at, but anyway, I was like, I I appreciated that. Yeah, no, I I understand the point that you're making. Um, I'm gonna pull us back to the less. <laughs> Serious conversation. I'm kind of going to mention the fact that we still have the old iPod energy going on. Oh, man, that old iPod. I miss mine. Thick, <laughs> yeah. thick iPod. Thick. But yeah, fucking brick in the hand. Um, in reference to Caleb, someone says he's the Donald Trump of Orange County. Yeah, Summer says it. I was, uh, I was like, ooh, that aged well. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm I'm surprised that you didn't lead with this, and it's a reimagination of the line. It's it's a different context, right? So last episode, we heard a phrase, and you pinged on it, and you were like, "I cannot believe that I've never heard that phrase used before." <laughs> and then in this episode, we have the same phrase, but a different meaning entirely. So if we go back to Holly's parents' beach house in the last episode, and Donnie's there. And he's getting upset. He says, hey, those guys are mad dogging me. Yeah. In this episode, Seth says to Ryan after dinner with Gabrielle, she was mad dogging you. I, I missed that. I, that's why I didn't refer, refer to it. I, I totally missed him saying that. He said it in the, in the, in the pool house. Uh, oh, it was after the first time where she like kissed him. And he said, we hooked up, right? He said, she was totally mad dogging you. So Donnie... Either 
either Donnie thinks that the guys at Holly's parents' beach house Are were with him. giving him the sex eye, or Seth thinks that Gabrielle wants to fight Ryan. I mean, or the writers don't know what mad dogging you means. There's another explanation that Seth was just like trying to like pick up this cool lingo from the dude and just totally yeah. didn't know how to use it properly. You know whose lingo I want? That guy that we hung out with for two days who wound up shooting Luke and we've never seen from him. <laughs> he thought he was cool at one point in time. Yeah. Oh, no. um, um, I, I, I got to go back to also... <clears throat> This is the most important thing about this episode is the appearance of Caleb. <laughs> Probably the biggest of the big bads on the show. Totally. He, he, he it's played by the the wonderful Alan Dale who was he's played similar roles in other shows uh he was in Lost playing kind of Well, right, that's the thing. Like this show ruined him for me because when he showed up on Lost, I was like, "Oh, it's Caleb." It's Caleb, yeah. He is so that that particular type of rich, white, detached, hateful dude. You know, he plays that role to a T. You know, so good. he he is so manipulative of Kirsten. Um, the and Sandy is so bereft, like just so like beside himself that he can't. That he's kind of powerless against Caleb because Sandy's like the the poor one in the relationship, you know. Oh, I have a few. I have a few things to say about this. But, okay. but Sandy tries to stand up for her, like rightfully so. You know, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And and like, it, it, I don't know. It's he treats her. It, Caleb treats Kirsten horribly, and then Sandy has to sit there and watch it, and he doesn't. He he he's not going to put up with it, you know. But there's a limit to how much he can do. Anyway, what were your points on it? Well, so this is the second layer of like, you don't get the pout. Um, like Kirsten is obviously upset. Rightfully so. Okay. So I'm team Kirsten right now. Yeah. She is treated horribly by her father. Um, he, she he doesn't deserve her. to be. He, he demotes her after she's done all this work for him. He gives he, her a hard time for adopting Ryan. Mm hmm. He feels entitled to consultation about that, mm -hmm. right? He's, yeah, he steamrolls in and he, and this is our first time meeting him and he does no favors for himself as far as endearing himself to the audience, right? So obviously we're on team, team Kirsten. And I think that Sandy is right, but he's wrong in his rightness to out Kirsten for being unhappy, to volunteer to her father that she wants to quit. And so I am like, I think that Sandy, even though he's right, his methods are wrong. So I was frustrated with him. But then I was frustrated with Kirsten for being like so pouty afterwards about like, look, if you're unhappy, but you're unwilling to make any changes, then you're not allowed to complain. This yeah. is my like moral compass. But right? I do understand her frustration with it wasn't Sandy's place to say that. Of course not. No, it was not. It was not. You're right. Not to that degree. Um, he, I, he he has a right to stand up for his wife, but that was told to him in confidence, you know, that, that how yeah. she felt and how, what she wanted to say to him but couldn't say. But I thought that there was a little bit of an alignment here between Kirsten being a little bit disproportionately upset and Marissa as well. Whereas, like, both of them, it's mm -hmm. like, well, you need to – you kind of need to do 
something for yourself here and you're not doing the thing that's going to bring you into the solution. So like you're, you're not allowed to keep me in the problem just because you're not willing to go to the solution. Well, some threat in, in a lot of these episodes coming up and throughout the series, some thread of the adult story parallels something that's happening with the, the kids, you know? Sure. So sure. I, think, I think that that's a, I think that you're right to notice that. I think it is sort of this like, well, you're, you're, you're being a little unfair here, you know? You have a yeah. point, but you're being unfair. Um, yeah. And man, Caleb, just like there's a scene in the kitchen where Caleb and, and Sandy are kind of snapping at each other. And then he's like, Sandy's like, don't talk to me like that in my house. And Caleb's like, your house. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh, how can you say hey, that? Sandy? Did you, did you buy it? Did you pay for it? Who built it? Mm-hmm. Like Caleb, you didn't build this house. and You didn't fucking ha- swing a hammer. No. <laughs> But yeah. it's that that kind of rich dick that would say something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it, I don't know. And uh, Jimmy Cooper shows up at some point, and then there's weird interaction with uh, Julie Cooper and Caleb. Oh yeah. Um, she definitely turns on the charm to try to say "Woe is me." Notably, she has told Jimmy that she wants a divorce now. Yep. Um. Yep. She's starting to spin her web mm-hmm. with, with Caleb now. She's trying to draw him into her little web. She's that, that trap spider. And I love it. Yeah. She's, I love it. It's fun. I love it when one villain, like this whole time, like Julie's been the villain. Yeah. And we've been thinking she's a formidable, you know, opponent. And then Caleb comes in and we're like, holy crap, this is the like final boss battle. This is the devil here himself. And, and, and Julie starts manipulating Caleb and I love it. Yeah. She squares up against him. She's like, she has him in the palm of her hand, which is, it's, it's shows the testament to her character too. Well, I wouldn't say that he's in the palm of her hand just yet. (laughs) No, she's, she's she's planting seeds. Set the trap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's She's setting the trap and I love it. I love it. Um, I have a couple more notes here. Um, One is kind of a throwaway. There is a party continuity error. Okay. When Gabrielle uh, approaches Ryan at the party with a drink in her hand, she pulls the maraschino cherry out. Yeah. And she like gives it to him and he, he bites it off the stem. And then, you know, she, you know, is forward with him and he says, we're in the middle of this party. And she walks away and she says, find me later. Yeah. And then he still has a cherry, right? They cut, but yeah, they cut back to the scene and he pulls the stem out of his mouth. And I was like, what? We've missed that. I don't usually catch continuity errors, you know, so I was just like proud of myself for that. (laughs) Um, There's, there's two more points. Well, technically three points. One, this is the first time where we see some of the best moments between two of our favorite characters, Seth and Summer. Mm-hmm. Where Seth, uh, you know, Summer is obviously in bald face using him uh, to get to the party. And that is an agreement that they both reached when he invited her, right? Well, she wanted him to invite her because she wants to meet unbeknownst to him. She wants to meet well, these, uh, not- these successful men, you know. But, well, it wasn't unbeknownst to him necessarily. I mean, he said, wait, are you excited because you want to come to the party? Or are you excited because you want to come with me? And she looked at him and he said, okay, fair enough. I'll see you at eight. Right. But he, she like, didn't come out and say, I want to meet these dudes at your party or whatever. You know? Sure, 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 sure. Oh. So she's bringing him around, getting him to introduce her to all these people. And she's ignoring him. And he finally, you know, sits off on his own. And she comes to him and what are you doing, Pout, and whatever. <clears throat> and... 
this is the first moment and we're going to get a few of these, right? And this is where I think the show is at its best mm-hmm. with these two characters where she is obviously has a facade, but we did not know that it was a facade until this moment when he reveals to her that he's noticed her, that he's seen her, right? And he starts rattling off these things that none of these other guys are ever going to appreciate. And he gets to the, you know, the, the final piece, which is the poem that she wrote in sixth grade. And she said, do you remember that poem? And she, this facade is melting away. Right. But it's very clearly and obviously, and anyone with a facade like this is constantly nurturing it and, and keeping it, you know, fresh and, and, and maintained. And he destroys this facade for her quoting. I wish I was a mermaid. And he starts quoting it, and he's rattling off this, this poem. The poem she, that she has, she has written and she performed. Yeah, and so she, in her moment of weakness for being seen for the person that she is, rather than the facade that she's built, she kisses him. Yeah, and, and I, I'd forgotten that they kiss there. I thought it was much later than they kiss in the show. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess we're, I mean, it's not really much of a spoiler because will they or won't they story in a show like this? Of course they will. It's just how it plays out is the fun part of watching it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so they kiss and then she goes back to being, she has to, you know, she kind of has to pull herself back together to go be the summer that she intends to be, that she's thinks she needs to be, you know, yeah. which like, I think the reason we love summer so much is that, as her character develops, her character develops this kind of like, wait a second, who am I? Yeah. Am I? And this is the first glimpse of like, wait, is there another summer that we don't know that sat this scene all along? And this is why she feels alone. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this is the first episode where they've given summer some depth. Like even the part where she's like, I want to meet these men. You know, she rattles off the names of these like investment firms that they worked out or whatever and then yep. she goes oh, I've been reading Forbes and right. it's like well she doesn't really understand the information she's reading in there but it shows that she's not just some stupid person you know she's been presented as this ditzy idiot and she's smart enough to know oh I want, I'm going to research this thing you know that I'm interested in or whatever and right. so she's given a little depth she's not just uh, you know ditzy high school girl you know there's a little bit more to there and that that's this is like the start of that it's really the start i think of them going okay she's going to be a character on the show so we're going to give her stuff to do um and notably in that interaction before seth reads out the poem and and says all these things that he's noticed and it could have been creepy he could have been stalking her but it's, it was presented very well that he was like just notice things when they were in class together etc cetera, etc cetera. But before that, he stands up to her and he says, this is bullshit that you've just used me to talk to all these these people here, you know? Yeah. And in that moment, that's the, that's the turning where she first starts going, oh, this guy might be, I might should notice him, you know? Because yep. she's impressed that he stood up to her, which is a big moment for Seth because he's so into her that he could easily just be like, it's okay that you talk to these other guys, you know, and use me. Right. Yeah. And so it's like this moment of like empowerment of him. You see that what Anna told him in the, the earlier episode coming to fruition here again, where he's like, no, I'm setting a boundary with you. You're not going to treat me like this. You know, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. And I'm, I'm letting you finish your yeah, point because what, I'm, I'm ready to move to yeah, the, the final two points that I have. Um, <laughs> I just have written down. Can you imagine losing your virginity to Luke or Marissa? 
please god fucking no thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's the big finale of the sh- of this episode is that marissa loses her virginia virginity to luke um as as kind of like revenge she like has sex with luke at ryan sort of yes because it's it's hard to say fully because it's sort of like on one hand, it's like, well, is she kind of doing it despite Ryan because she caught him with this woman? Or is it that she has resigned herself to the fact that she just needs to choose Luke? Um, that's a that's a great counterpoint, and it adds complexity to it, which I, I'll support. But I don't think that's the finale of the show. Okay. I think the finale of the show is the best line reading of the show to date, and the most like gut punch that I got was not the fact that she went and lost her virginity to Luke. It was when he dropped her off and Ryan came down to the driveway as she was walking in the house, she turned around. And I think for this time, this is the first time Misha Barton was actually like really acting. She looks at him and she says, you're too late. Yeah. And that line reading was solid. I was fucking slaughtered. I was like, Oh, Oh, you know, like her hair was just ever so slightly messed up. She looked disheveled. She was obviously like unhappy and confused and frustrated and scared and, you know, like all sorts of things going on in her eyes. She looks and she, you're too late. Yeah. And there's, she's channeling a little Julie Cooper there, you know, Mm. she's, she's, it's, it's bite. She knows it's going to bite him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was rough and it just the look on his face, you know, it's like he really cares for her. And, and this thing is like, and, and at his age, he would be just solely destroyed by that. You know, um, I will say we talked about this, this episode had some problematic stuff in it. Um, kind of a product of, the, of, of the way that stories used to be told and, and these sort of things. I will say I was impressed that Luke asked for consent. Yeah. And it, and he it did not feel like Luke was like just trying to get laid. It feels like he really cares about Marissa and he makes sure he says it's clearly like you would not expect it. You expect the opposite in shows from like the 90s to 2000, whatever. He's very clear. He's like, do you want to do this? And she's like, yes. And he's like, OK, I'm just making sure. And uh, and it's not like it's not sinister or anything like that, you know? I continue to be in the Luke fan club, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, look, he got me when he walked into this house and said, Hey, it's a great place. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think overall, like I'm at a, I'm at this point where I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm along for the ride now, but this was, there was so much going on in this episode. There was. Yeah. And then it, the, 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 the storyline with Caleb's girlfriend, I had to like kind of pause it a couple of times because it really just kind of made me feel uncomfortable, but this isn't going to be the last time we, anytime you watch something like this from 20 years ago, there's going to be some problematic stuff in it. So we just have to, you know, process it and move along. So, yeah be glad that things have somewhat changed yeah um yeah i mean yeah this i, I already know one storyline that's going to be coming up i'm just we're just gonna be like all right we gotta park this to the side <laughs> yeah yeah no 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, I'm still enjoying it. It was very. It was. It wasn't the best episode, but I was. I was solid. Good party. Good party. Everybody's having a good time. It's good Sandy moments in this episode. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you got anything else? I fucking hope not. Damn, we, that was a supersized episode. Y'all, this is a, cl- a classic IOLPOS right here. Fucking two hours. Remember we used to do like three hours. I don't even have time. To used to, and I used to. People used to always say like, "Man, I'd listen to it if it's shorter." And I would always say to you, "Maybe we should consider making it shorter." And you'd always say, "Fuck them. I love a three-hour <laughs> podcast." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You don't want to listen to it. Don't fucking listen like to three it. Three episodes. It's like two episodes here. So get over yourself. All right. Well, you can check us out on our shitty website, IOLTOS.com, or you can find us on Spotify. I'm trying desperately to fix the Apple feed, but it keeps saying that the, the RSS is fucked up. So I don't know what to do about that. So I'm going to keep trying to get to the bottom of that. And uh, But in the meantime, listen to us on, on Spotify. And uh, yeah, that's it. We out. See you next time.